0: City I've been browsed. Tread water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 90 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. Last week's episode was one of our most popular episodes already, talking about these 2023 rookies. If you guys haven't heard it, I mean, literally, we go over the top five players, six players in the draft, talk about actionable trades, how to pick up these 23 first, because that's what... I mean Twitter is all a buzz about everybody wants to know, hey, how do I get more of these? How do I get you know involved in this? And today's episode is gonna be 23 First part do. you remember hot shots, part due back in the day, John? you know the rest of our listeners are too young for that. but we're we're gonna talk about how to assess a breakout, you know and and how to find those guys. We talk about insulated trades all the time. Today's show is those guys that you want plus the 23 First. and we're gonna talk about how to pick up some of those guys. Talking about, you know, 23 first, talking about studs, I got two studs on with me tonight. Mung, how you doing tonight? Talk to me about what's going on with you and, uh, you know, how excited you are about this.
1: Hey, yeah, it's always good to just have you, uh, me, and John. Uh, I love when we have guests, but I love when we get to just kind of talk and bounce ideas off one another, see where we stand on certain players and uh we're we're getting down to it i I don't know if you guys realize but football season is quietly sneaking up on us and i'm super excited uh I don't know about you guys, but I'm just ready for football season, even Dude, though is, it's still summer, the start of summer.
0: It's less than fourteen weeks. Like I posted a my I, I changed my my Twitter profile picture to the kids and I at the pool and I'm like, yo, it's summertime, but yo, fourteen weeks till the NFL kickoff and that's what I'm like super excited about. I don't want the whole summer to fly by without thinking about what's going on, but John, I mean, we got so many things going on. I mean, obviously, the Patreon's blowing up, and guys keep adding to that, and we're running that special there. Scott Fishbowl, I mean, the the 23 rookie class. I I just, I'm so excited.
2: (laughs) I I don't know that I've had quite this much fun in an offseason. This is what Dynasty brings to the community, because it is this year-round thing. We don't have any football going right now. But yet, here we are with this Patreon, that's just constantly going, shout out again to those guys. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I feel like I'm in that particular feed more than I am on my actual Twitter feed right now. We got- Dude, it's so awesome. Yeah, a lot of fun.
0: So you know, we're running a special $12 for the whole year. Like literally a dollar a month to be in a group chat. And I I tell the guys in there, it was like, it's kind of our escape from reality. I mean, it's like, we all brag to our friends and our girlfriends and our wives. And they're like, I don't care if you got another Jamar Chase share, like shut up about it. But this group (laughs) cares, man. We get excited about it and everybody's in there and it's just a lot of fun. So if you guys want to join that, hit us up. And guys, I mean, We got our draft draftkits.co is is back again. So if you mm-hmm. if you didn't have an excuse to join the Patreon this year, I talked to talked to the owner. He's going to hook us up with a $115 you know d- vinyl reusable yeah, draft board deal. for someone in the Patreon. Mm-hmm. It's just like the board that's behind me. It is like phenomenal Sweet. stuff. So we're going to be able to give that away again. They are the best name out there draftkits.co. Check them out. Use code SMASH for 10% off. You know, and I, I mean, John, this is just so exciting. I know, like, yeah. I talked you into doing a year one punt for SMASH 5. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so it just has reinvigorated you. Because we sure. talked about last week, we talked about that top five. If you want to mm-hmm. recap your top five again, because these are the yeah. guys, after the podcast, everybody's like, John was so excited about this. Is B. John Robinson tech, really a guy that might go first round startup, you know, is CJ Stroud, mm-hmm. Bryce Young, are these guys that good? Recap yeah. your top five here again. And then I wanna move into six through 12 because yeah, these top five are almost household names at this point, but six mm-hmm. through 12 are no slouches either. So hit us up with those yeah. top five again.
2: Yeah, so my top five right now, and I, I look, I've, I've been doing my homework research. I've been listening to other analysts as well. Number one, Bijan Robinson. Yes, even in Superflex, I hyped him up. Go check out the pod. We went into a lot of detail there. This is by far my most favorite running back prospect That's I'm going to say that's come out um, since Saquon. I mean, I did I did love JT, Dobbins, some of these guys, but I absolutely love B. John Robinson. Two was C.J. Stroud, Ohio State Heisman Trophy um, candidate, probably the lead candidate going into the season. 103, Bryce Young, the guy that just won the Heisman at Alabama in his sophomore year. So those two QBs really are in an elite tier there. Mm -hmm. I probably have a small tier break there. And then it's Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State that actually outperformed, like we said, Alave and Garrett Wilson at Ohio State his sophomore year. He's going to go bananas this year playing with CJ Stroud. And then number five for me was Jameer Gibbs. He is a transfer running back. To Alabama, he's going to get showcased. He is almost a Alvin Kamara type. Probably potentially even a better receiving back than Bijan Robinson. He's not quite as big, but he is absolutely electric. He can kind of do it all. Um, I'm absolutely fine with his size. Those are the top five, and, and Mike actually saw this from Mel Kuyper. Four of those five, including Bijan Robinson, he had going in the top ten in
0: his early Ooh. 2023 mock. I was staring I, at it And I him. think even the John- draft capital – is what yeah, reinforces this, you know, and I think that's mm-hmm. huge. And, and those top five are awesome, but there are some yeah. other guys in here. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, at six, you and I both agree this. Keyshawn Boutte, I mean, we're talking about yeah. Smith Ajigba is the wide receiver one right now, but LSU's Keyshawn Boutte is right behind him. I mean, it is not he is. It far is, It's
2: close. It is yeah. close. I do have a small tear break because Boutte has been – hurt and he just doesn't have yeah. quite the production but i mean right. in six games i think he had like 11 touchdowns almost averaging two touchdowns a game he has right. the the big playability runs great routes the production well, yeah, look what he did
0: there. i mean the yeah. season finale against old miss is freshman year goes off for yes. 308 i mean you know yep. this is Fresh a guy that mm-hmm. at the end of the year if you said he is the wide receiver one in this class I wouldn't say it was is a it huge a stretch. It is Smith and right. Jigba right now, but I think we might have a tier of 1A, 1B when it comes down to it. And, yes. you know, there yeah. this this wide receiver class, we talked about the wide receiver mm-hmm. class we have right now being good. This is a phenomenal wide receiver class. I mean, the next guy you yeah. have there, you have it at uh, 108. Yeah, have- at
2: se- actually at seven, I have Jordan Addison. And this guy was the Bolitnikoff Award winner his sophomore year at Pitt. So, again, that's awarded to the top wide receiver in the country. Uh, and, you know, JSN kind of came on late. Sure, Keyshawn Boutte was was hurt for part of the season, but Jordan Addison showed out at Pitt. Some people think that he made Kenny Pickett, frankly. If you watch the film, yeah. I mean, I kind of get it. And he is transferring to USC, so he's going to be with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley and, and a very exciting USC team. So I think that he also gets showcased and he'll be – kind of getting the hype out of that that big team there and in a great offense. And I, again, this is going to sound crazy, but I actually think based on what I'm seeing right now, he might put up even better stats than we just saw from Drake London. And I'm quite tempted to put Jackson Smith and Jigba, Keyshawn Butte and Jordan Addison all above Drake London. It's close between Addison and Drake London. He, he is a smaller guy. He's going yeah. to get a ton of comparisons to – like Devonta Smith, he's, he's that kind of – he's almost like a clone of the Slim Reaper, Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. But he's he just balled out, and he's going to do it again at USC. And so uh, that that's who I got at 107. And
0: at 110, i got to talk about another wide receiver because you yeah. know I love I love the big guys. Quentin yeah. Johnson, 6'4", 194. Yeah. Another guy averaged 22 yards per reception his freshman year. Huge, mm-hmm. big, big playability. And I think this is yeah. another guy in this class where it's like – There are all of these guys. I I, I put London above Quentin Johnson, but I might put Quentin Johnson above, you know, Wilson and the the rest of the guys in this class. But what's really exciting to me, John, and and I Mm -hmm. think Mung will attest to this as well, this year was like – it was Brees Hall and then we – I felt like we almost had to stretch – for Kenny Walker to go up, you know, as high as he no did. No real consensus. No there, real yeah. problem with that because now we got Zach Evans coming yes. in at one oh eight. Yes. At Old Miss. One oh nine, you got Sean Tucker, another, you know, another yeah. running back coming into this situation mm-hmm. from Syracuse. You know, and, and talking yeah, about absolutely as well. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. wanted, you know, you this we talk about the year one punt. If you get into a situation, there are going to be plenty of running backs to plug into that situation and, and yeah. get you right there. So wide receivers. And, you know, I mean, I love horror films. We got Michael Myers. No, Michael Mayer. 6'5", <laughs> yep. 250 yeah. from Notre Dame. I mean, this first round, guys, is just mm-hmm. juicy. And we're not – next week we're going to talk about second rounders because we want you to get to know these guys. We want you to – we talk about buying them all the time. Yeah. Without talking too much of that because we could do this a whole pod. Oh, yeah, I Tonight's pod – the assessment process is how to get them right so now we're going to talk about our running back breakouts we're going to talk about guys that you know we think in 2021 or 20 or 2022 will break onto the scene and and be guys that you want to have on your dynasty team that guy first guy for me and i made some trade offers today in my smash leagues they all told me it was going to take a 23 first mid and late or a 23 first early and a second. So it's a tough buy at this point. I've been trying to shoot two 24s, you know, try to work my way in there. But Travis Etienne's stock is ascending back where we wanted to. Mung and I were talking about it all season long, about trying to pick up guys like Cam Akers and Travis Etienne while they were injured. you know, And now that value has just yes. bounced back up. Mike Clay's projection has him at, and what I wanna talk about real quick is In order to be an RB1, and that's what we want these guys to be, right? A lot of guys fall in that RB2 category. In order to be an RB1, last year they averaged 37.5 receptions, okay? You know, they got the rushing in there, but they averaged that. Take out Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry, who are absolute anomalies. I mean, they're just beast running backs with 18 and 19 receptions. It's going to take about 42 receptions, you know, 1,000 yards rushing, 42 receptions. To break into that RB one status, and that's kind of what it's been over the last couple of years. Travis Etienne, based off of Mike Clay's projection, is projected at 52 receptions. This is a guy that I think has the passing chops, a la you know DeAndre Swift, where they have similar type situations, right? Struggling offenses, elite pass catching running backs. You know, both of them are 23 years old right now. And right now, I think we're going to see a Travis Etienne bump where I am taking my guys. I'm taking the Austin Ecklers of the world where I'm trying to get Travis Etienne plus. And I want to get that. If I can get Etienne in a first for any of those top guys after, I would do that for Swift. I would do that for Javante Williams. If I can move back and get that 23 first plus him. I'm willing to do that. Now I'm pretty excited about Travis Antion. Um, either of you guys, I know, you know, he's a polarizing type player. I'm excited about him. It's always tough when a rookie doesn't play his entire rookie season. Cause we're like, we're going off the college tape. But from what I remember, and when I was taking him in rookie drafts, he's an absolute home run threat waiting to happen.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I, I think that he will end up being one of the real hot breakout picks. It's a, Dad, I mean, I think this comes down to are you getting that injury discount or are you not? Because people are starting to come around to Mm -hmm. his whole situation. And, oh, by the way, I don't know that you mentioned the fact that Urban Meyer is out of town. They have a much more stable coaching staff. We we think we're going to see a step from Trevor Lawrence. A lot of these Jaguars, I think, you could get discounts on just because of how abysmal that offense was. So make no mistake, the situation is considerably better. I will say one caveat – it was Urban Meyer in that that previous regime that drafted the guy, but what I'm seeing is that this new staff understands how to use him. You already see him in OTAs lining up out wide, mm-hmm. getting mixed into the passing game as you know uh, the lead weapon. So if they use him like they should,
0: yeah, and that's something Doug Peterson's done in the past, and that's no where doubt. Urban Myers was a. I mean, we, we, they trying to turn him into a wide receiver, and the dude, you know it. it Is an absolute. Now he does try to take things to the outside. So he's not always great in between the tackles. But once he gets that one cut through, I mean, he has that speed to be a home run threat. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I I think he's one of my breakout guys um, for this particular season. I think he's one of those guys we go out there and get at, at, at the cost right now, if you can get a little bit on top, you know, and that's what we talk about. You know, we want those insulated trades. We want to get those type of players. Uh, John, there's another guy coming off an of injury here who's yeah. your breakout. He was mm-hmm. my breakout last year. I feel like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it. sometimes we get a year discount. Like if a guy was a post-hype sleeper, Post-type a guy that was, was yeah, going to be a breakout. Term. But just like Etn, just like Akers, the value has not dipped much. I mean, he's gone back to almost where he was.
2: Yeah, and I actually went and looked at the ADP for JK Dobbins uh, my breakout candidate here and and looked at where it was um when he got injured right before and it actually has still not yet fully recovered to where it was before the injury so it tells me that in some leagues you're still going to be able to get him at a bit of a discount and that's part of why I have him as a as a breakout candidate I know that Mong may may fight me on this and we could talk about Gus bus but when you, you look at J.K. Dobbins. He has everything that he needs, in my opinion, to still be an RB1 in this league. I, I get it. Uh, Lamar Jackson could steal some of the red zone looks. You, you may want to run a committee with Gus Edwards, who's also still coming off the injury. But J.K. Dobbins will still be the lead back in a run-heavy offense. I think Baltimore is going to be considerably better. The offensive line was banged up a lot of people forget about that they're they're going to be healthy coming into the season and I, I really like baltimore in general and what they're doing jk dobbins should get worked into the passing game as well in ppr formats and i mean remember a lot of people had him right up there with jt coming out of college including matt waldman who was a, a show favorite had him actually kind of the 1a and jt the 1b at that point in time so i'm still coming back to him 23 years old he should fully recover. And, you know, he's, he's shown up to OTAs. granted. He's probably just in the swimming pool and doing his thing, but I think JK Dobbs is going to come back and he's going to
0: light it up. Now, Mung, we're talking about two guys here who you have not necessarily been high on. Talk to me a little bit about the Baltimore situation, you know, with Gus Edwards. And and the same with if if we get a healthy James Robinson by midseason, how do you see these, these backfields breaking down? I mean, Mike Clay has J.K. Dobbins at 195 carries, Gus at 136. But the touchdowns he has skewed in the J.K. Dobbins, where Gus Edwards has been a touchdown machine over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, and really for me, I still lean ETN. Um, I was a little nervous about both of them just because I'm always a bit more cautious when it comes to players coming back from major injuries, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and heading into 2022, so far, uh, no, no real negative news about Dobbins. Nothing positive yet, just yet either. Um, but you know, part of the reason I have ETN above him is because we have gotten reports we've seen Etienne already at practice you know catching passes looking quote unquote Mm -hmm. explosive so i'm a little bit less concerned about him from an injury perspective um and at the same time too right we we saw that robinson tore his achilles pretty late in the year Mm -hmm. so i don't think that he's going to be ready anytime soon so really etn could see 70% of the workload potentially. I I mean, they have other backs Pretty sexy. Yeah, yeah. so I'm coming around on ETN. I just bumped him up in my dynasty rankings, which will get updated at some point over the next few weeks. Uh, A little bit more concerned about Dobbins just because, again, I do think that he's going to be the number one guy there, assuming he's healthy. But we just don't see much pass catching usage. Yes, he'll probably have better shots at touchdowns, and he will have those big weeks. Um, But a little bit uh, lower weekly floor in PPR, we've seen that the Ravens are consistently among the teams with the lowest targets to running backs year over year. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Because Lamar Jackson can just scramble for 15 yards rather than check it down. Instead of the check down. Yeah. Um, So, you know, that's my only concern with Dobbins. I don't see. That elite ceiling, whereas with ETN, particularly in PPR formats, we could see heavy target volume because let's face it, everyone was talking about how the Jaguars way way overpaid uh, mm-hmm. Christian Kirk and they signed uh, Zay Jones to a pretty pretty large deal. And while these guys are going to get targets, you don't really have any elite caliber wide receivers there. Uh, versus, you know, potentially Bateman stepping up in Baltimore too.
0: Yeah, and I think Etienne could have what I would call maybe an Alvin kamara light type season. You know, he's not going to get 250 carries. You know, he's going to get 170 carries, 150 carries, and probably 50, 60 receptions, because this guy has the pass-casting chops, maybe top five, six in the league, and I, I'm i excited about that. Um, most of the guys, you know, we put this out on Twitter, who are your breakouts? You know, uh, the, the number one answer was Etienne Dobbins, and most people are putting DeAndre Swift on there. I feel like he kind of... Broke out already, but Swift is an, another mm-hmm. absolute beast. There, you know, when you're the RB two slash three overall in Dynasty, I feel like you've already kind of made it. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and, and that's the difficult thing. The equation is like when we talk about running backs, I want guys that have RB one potential, and the other guy from the rookie class, I think Breeze Hall has that. One answer that's come across and is is Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is a guy that that Houston backfield is a bit of an the name, opportunity. You know? I, mm-hmm. I think. I think people are really forgetting about Rex Burkhead the way he performed towards the end of the year. Everybody wants Marlon Mack in there. Damian Pierce is that guy in the second round here. Uh, Mung, I know you were fairly high on, on Burkhead and, and John. I mean, I don't know if you got any shares of Pierce in your rookie drafts. I did not. Uh, you know, get anywhere in the, in that range. But let's let's talk about Houston a little bit. I mean, is there is this a opportunity where Damian Pierce could be a breakout and really be worth you know what you paid for him in that two zero two to two Oh five range in dynasty rookie drafts.
2: Yeah. I wasn't quite as high on Damian Pierce from a talent perspective. And that's partially due to listening to some of the analysts that came on our show. I agree. He was, does it feel he, like
0: a poor man's, you know, C E H here? You know, it's like, it, Oh, it we just, got an opportunity. It does feel like kind of
2: pushing it. He's getting a, a big boost from that. And I mean, look, I mean, they could, they could also draft another running back next year. They could bring another vet in. You know, the Marlon Mack thing is is you know he he's got some talent. If the guy's healthy again, Burkhead is a guy they'll they'll use. It looks to me like a committee for, for him to break out. I think it would take definitely some patience first of all. Like he's not going to be doing that in the first few weeks of the mm-hmm. season. But let's say the Texans are as bad as we think they're gonna be. And they wanna see what they have in this guy down the stretch next season. I could see him starting to take off, especially as he learns the blocking schemes, pass protection. Maybe he does take off, but he's just not a big bet I would make, especially in that first half of the season.
0: Yeah, and again, referencing Mike Clay because he did just come out with his projections here. You know, you got Marlon Mack, potentially. He has at 150 carries. Pierce at 137. Burkhead at 61. Burkhead handling most of the reception work there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about... I picked up... In two leagues this week, he's still on waivers. I picked up Rex Burkhead. Mung, who do you Sexy like in this retry. backfield situation? And, and as long as you don't say Darry on Wale, I'll be fine with it. <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, really, nobody. Um, if I had <laughs> yeah. to pick one at cost, it's Burkhead because he's free, right? And because I think he might be utilized most in that third down passing yeah. down role. Um, because let's be honest here, Houston's offensive line was the worst run blocking line yeah. in the league last year. Uh, you know they they've made some improvements, but uh, at the same time, the offense overall also. Uh, based on their win totals, you're not expecting a whole lot of touchdowns. So really, if I have to bet on somebody for 2022, it's Rex Burkhead uh, at cost. Um, And I I think that Pierce is in a similar situation to Mm -hmm. Tyler Algier, right? Because people are seeing that these guys might have immediate opportunities, but I don't think that they're necessarily super exciting prospects by any means. Um, and, again, both on totally offenses being inflated yeah. a little bit in value where I, I probably wouldn't take them until the late second, early third of rookie drafts, but they're mm-hmm. going way higher than that. So, personally, I don't have any shares of either of those two running backs. Yeah,
2: same same with me. I'm in the exact same situation. I'm just behind the market value on that. Mm-hmm. I get Well, that's the area you there. could be getting but David you want, Bell. But...
0: You could get Mechie. Sure. You could get sure. Pierce. There's same a lot of wide receivers with, mm-hmm. with some upside there. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, Mung, you were – we, we talked about Rex Burkhead being free. I mean, the guy that you have as, as your breakout here also is a guy that's very, very affordable.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm missing something, why other people aren't nearly as high on him. But we've seen Daryl Williams flash at times in that Kansas City Chiefs offense. Um, he's going to another fast-paced offense that does pass quite a bit. Uh, and look, Chase Edmonds was going in rounds eight through 10 in redraft last year. People were paying late firsts for him. And I I don't know if it's just because Darrell Williams has been in the league for a while that the hype isn't there, but we've seen James Conner not hold up to large workloads in the past. So give me that pass catching role in Arizona. We know Kyler Murray can run also, but he does check down to his running backs a little bit more. Than the Ravens. And in general, over the last three years, the Cardinals just run more plays per game. So I, I see a lot of opportunity there for Daryl Williams, who I would argue is, you know, a similarly uh, viable standalone PPR flex, like a Tony Pollard type who will get involved even when James Connor is healthy. And if anything were to happen to Connor, where he misses time, then all of a sudden Williams has high end RB2, maybe even top ten running back potential while Connor's out.
0: He definitely showed some flashes in KC there. I, I think it definitely a lot more under the radar where you get him added in on a mm-hmm. deal. Like I feel like we get there, the, the community's fairly high on is it Keontae Ingram? Keontae you know, Ingram trying yeah, to get Eno him in, in rookie drafts, Eno you know, Benjamin. But I think that you bring up a good point there where that's a guy, if you have James Connor, get Darrell Williams thrown into a trade. If you have, you know, even if you don't, you want to get a little bit of depth there. I mean, he was on some waiver wires after he left KC and I think he's a decent ad there. I got a trade here that I w- want to talk about. Cause we, it, it's got some of these guys in it, you know? And I think the interesting part is trying to assess these breakouts because you can really hit a home run if you can pick the right guy. And that's something where insulated trades I have absolutely nailed over the years. And we've talked about and tried to teach you guys how to do that. So uh, it's, at boy DS, he said Rashad Bateman and J.K. Dobbins, or Brees Hall and George Pickens. So I'm putting you guys on the spot here. He said full PPR 12-team league, you know, pretty basic. Brees Hall and George Pickens, or Rashad Bateman and J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Mung, I'm gonna go with you here first. There, Are you taking the the all Ravens upside, or you think Brees Hall has enough, you know, giddy up there to make up the difference?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, even though I'm a little bit lower on Dobbins than consensus, I would smash accept the Ravens side here. Um, I'm not quite as sold on Hall's league winning upside as some are. I, I think it's going to be a committee in New York, and we still have yet to see how efficient that Jets offense is going to be with Zach Wilson mm-hmm. in his sophomore year. Um, you know, I just voiced my concerns about Dobbins, but I still think he's a fine RB, two. And on top of that, if you're getting Bateman, who I much prefer over Pickens, uh, I love the Ravens side in this deal.
0: John, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Which side do you think Twitter has, and how close?
2: My guess is the hype from Brees Hall. That's correct. Is um is where Twitter is leaning, and he's the he's the best best overall dynasty asset in the deal. Correct. So let's guess. Um, Sixty-five percent, two-thirds no, of the people went that it's, way.
0: It's fifty-one forty-nine, but it blew oh, my okay. mind. I mean, Rashad Bateman me and, and, Brees, yeah. and and J.K. Dobbins is an absolute smash, except it, for me. It is for me, I, and I, I don't know. I we're getting
2: it, out the cowbell, but I'm no, 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 no. Dobbins and Bateman, especially right. with Dobbins being my my breakout. And I will say this too: like I, I think George Pickens is actually underrated, and yes. I think that he might be a value in rookie drafts. He's think going so too. in some cases early second, but I mean, there's a lot of mouths to feed in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, they, you got a lot of guys to throw to there. Uh You you, know, you still got Muth there. Don't forget about him and Deontay and Chase Claypool. So uh, yeah, it, it's going to take a little bit of time for for Pickens to develop and and I have Bateman well above him on that side of it.
0: Let's start unpacking the wide receivers here because this is where you find them breakouts. A lot of times in running backs, you get some situations, guys that are gonna pop in there. Wide receivers are a lot more predictable. Wide receivers over the years, we've predicted DK Metcalf, we've predicted Chris Godwin, we've predicted some absolute smashes for you guys, and we're gonna give you some of them tonight. So I think the first thing we gotta ask ourselves is what makes a wide receiver one? So guys, you know, I'm 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 like cranking out my workout tonight at home, and I'm like, I'm gonna start looking into this. So Yeah, I did some research, started using my brain, Mung. Not just all heart here, but you know, looking over the last eight years, the average height of your wide receiver one is six foot one, you know, 206 pounds. That there's been 96 wide receiver ones over that time. Only 24 of them were under six foot tall. So I mean, this year was a little bit of an anomaly. We had four of those guys, but for the most part, we're looking for some size. We're looking for some guys that are really explosive. What type of production are we looking for? So in 2017, the wide receiver ones averaged 16.19. 2018, 19.06. 2019, 16.78. 2020, 17.8. And 2021, 17.7. So we're looking for about 17 fantasy points. If we get 17 fantasy points, that usually puts you into that wide receiver one category. Um, Last year, you look at the 2021 guys, the wide receiver ones, they averaged... 146 targets so we're looking for a guy in that 25% target share a guy that's you know definitely going to get some looks they average eight touchdowns so I mean yeah there's some anomalies here and there of guys catching you know 15 guys catching a few 1195 yards and 99 receptions so I mean that is that is the threshold that we're looking at to try to be a wide receiver one those are the guys that we want to assess those next guys that have that potential for me my breakout guy and a guy that I believe has wide receiver one capability is Hollywood Brown, all right? Hollywood Brown last year with a healthy Lamar Jackson in weeks one through 10, averaged 17.8 points per game. That is a wide receiver one. He averaged nine targets, six receptions, 75 yards in those games. And guys, I mean, now he goes from what's perceived as a run-first offense in, Ari- in in Baltimore to Arizona. So now he goes to Arizona, who's projected to throw 80 more passes this year. Mm -hmm. And we have Kyler Murray, his, you know, college, I don't want to say sweetheart, their roommates and (laughs) and best friends. DeAndre Hopkins is missing six games. They are Mm -hmm. going to pepper him early. Mike Clay has him projected at 76 over a thousand and six touchdowns putting him firmly in an area where he is a borderline wide receiver one and you can buy him right now. I'm seeing dynasty trades as the 107, 108 range okay. where you can potentially trade him for, you know, get Chris Olave or Hollywood Brown and Hollywood Brown has shown it. He has dra- you know, round yeah. one draft capital. I'm excited for him this year. And I feel like he has that opportunity here where Deandre Hopkins is up in age. He's going to miss six games and, I think he could absolutely boom in the early part of the season. Whether you like him or not, he might slam the first six games where you can move him for, mm-hmm. you know, a, a one of those coveted 23 firsts.
2: Let me ask you this, Dad. Would you rather have Marquise Brown, let's say does start hot in the season as a dynasty asset or a late 23 first?
0: And this this is where it gets into things, John, yeah. because
2: this is like I, are you gonna am, play it?
0: I am assessing breakout candidates and I want the 23 first over all of them almost. I know, it's made. You know, and that's, my, my play here is, and John, is, is I am trying to assess and look at Devontae Adams and get Hollywood mm-hmm. plus the 23 first. Because mm-hmm. you get into a situation where let's yeah. say, let's that's say true. that's, you know, you you get Hollywood Brown, you get some of these guys, and then that becomes 107 and you get Jordan Addison. Or it becomes even 110 and you get Quinton Johnson. Now all of a sudden you've got two shots a 24-year-old Hollywood Brown and a 21-year-old Quentin Johnson. I like my my opportunities here in Dynasty for the next couple of years.
2: Yeah, I like that. That that is actually how I was gonna play it too. It's just so tempting. You know, could there's not could you... one
0: guy here. I mean, you know, like you could argue if you know it's the 112, maybe, right? But it's still frustrating to me when I went over that list with you. I mean, those dudes are ballers. Like the play here is if you don't yeah, believe, guys, in, I haven't even
2: mentioned yet. If you know? don't
0: believe in DK Metcalf, if you think Deontay Johnson's going to fall off a little bit, if you think Devontae mm-hmm. Adams or or Stefan Diggs are at that age break, you know the play is get these guys that we're going to talk about now, plus that 23 first, and give yourself an opportunity where even if it's the one twelve, you're going to get a nice player, you're going to get a nice piece in there. So I know Good I've on. gushed about Hollywood Brown there enough, Mung. I want to go to your guy here because this is someone who you know I just. I'm, I'm co-managing in Smash 1 with Adam Armour now. He made his debut on the pod last week. We ended up getting our first Drake London share in, in a trade. Mike Clay has him almost at 1,000 yards as a rookie. I know you're excited about Drake London, so start gushing over my, over Drake London here.
1: Well, before I get into that, uh, I, I will just say that I'm 100% with you on Marquise Brown. Um, going to a, a very high-paced Arizona offense, where he already has established chemistry with Murray. Um, and As you mentioned with Hopkins out, I absolutely love Brown to smash early on and still maintain wide receiver two value even once Hopkins is back. But, yeah, I mean, Drake London is being – is he, like, the most slept on, like, early first-round rookie wide receiver for – I don't know how long. I mean, people love... Not on this podcast last well, year. Yeah. I mean,
0: so I had I had a trade-off where a guy said, hey, uh, I'll give you a, my 23 first for Drake London and your second. I'm like, I know we've hyped up this class, but I mean, Drake London went eighth overall. He's going 102, 103 in rookie drafts. And yeah, it's like, that's, the not, guy that that's I, not the I'm kind of move taking. I'm making. Uh, I'm
2: with, I'm with you on this Monk. I I think people are sleeping on him a bit and he's a guy that I'm, I'm not necessarily just trading a random 23 first for.
1: Yeah. And I I think really it's just because everyone's nervous about Marcus Mariota. I think that that would be my guess is just the stigma with Mariota, but this is a Falcons team That's going to need to have to pass a lot because their defense is absolutely awful. They're going to be playing against Tom Brady, Jameis Winston twice a year um, who are going to rack up the score. I mean, Russell Gage averaged 7.9 targets per game last year with Ridley out. And I think London could see close to 150 targets depending on how Ooh. things shake out. Um, that's a ceiling outcome, but I would think his floor is 100 targets, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they, they literally have no one else. Most people couldn't even name the Falcons' wide receivers right now if you ask them to. Was that a challenge? Uh, I'm, a de- <laughs> no. I'm a degenerate, so, you know, Brian Edwards. The keyiest, right? baby. Zacchaeus, baby. a Zacchaeus. Right. I mean, these are Don't guys. Don't forget, Demier, you right Bird.
0: There. You know, <laughs> we got Auden Tate. The ghost of Auden Tate has yes. shown some things in there. You know, Our, Ian Harditz, who we had on the show, was talking about Auden Tate for years. Monk, I mean, Mike Clay has him at 123 targets. If he does that, we're looking at 77, 968, and five. I think he's. I will take the over on almost all of those. And I think he's an absolute smash kind of guy where we're talking about, you know, if you have an opportunity where you can get Stefan, you could get London in a second for digs in that area or, or Adams. I don't think you're going to get a first here in that situation. And next week, we're going to talk about how good these 23 seconds are. But now is definitely the time to buy London because people haven't picked it up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely.
0: John. And I
2: would have, I would have yeah. had him as my breakout, but I knew Mung was gonna beat me to it and <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> steal that one. So, wide well, receivers, I feel
0: like we kind of, we we kind of all agree here a little bit. Well, um, hey,
2: hey, Dad, I, I yeah. just, so I, I want to feature the Smash Patreon here for a quick second. Let's do it. While I was hearing you guys break down Hollywood and Drake London, I took the opportunity to hit up our Patreon live during the show here and ask them because we got some smart guys in there with some of their. Breakout wide receivers are maybe a few stashes or, or cheap pickups that you guys can get. So, shout out to Cowbells for Bell Cows, new Patreon member. I think he just joined in last week, already contributing here. He says, KJ Osborne, revamped offensive scheme, hearing good things already about that. Efficient year one and little to no competition. He also threw out Zay Jones. T Law throws to wide receivers a lot more than the average QB, productive and LVR offense at the end of the season should start wide receiver two sets, and he got paid should outperform the ADP. I kind of like those.
0: Yeah, I mean we had yeah. they they were also answering Smart in the group in chat. I mean Josh Brown said Pittman Jr. Uh, Mark Royer kind of know him. He said Gabriel Davis. Uh, Fantasy mm-hmm. nerd boy went Darnell Mooney. Uh, yeah, I had V-Pizzle, Mooney and A. Rob reminds. Yeah. V. Pizzle's a guy that's after my heart. Like he literally put every single one, and that that leads me to my other guy is Rashad Bateman. So, Rashad Bateman, mm-hmm. we talked about Marquise Brown what he was able to do with Lamar Jackson in those 10 game sample size. Rashad Bateman was another guy that just everybody loved going into the draft but there wasn't that that opportunity here. Right now, I bought him today in a 10 team league where, you know, I'm I am i am looking to 4 Pete. I wanted a little bit of depth. I gave up an early 23 second and a late 24 first. For him and, and I feel good about it. I think Rashad Bateman, but some of the trades I'm seeing, guys. I mean, I love Rashad Bateman. I think Rashad Bateman breaks out as a nice wide receiver two for your team and is mm-hmm. gonna just steadily climb up in value. But on the Twitter atmosphere, he might have already hit that. I mean, let, let, let me tell you about some of these trades that I want to get your input. So do or die dynasty posted Kenny Walker or Bateman and a 23 third. Now, a lot of people have Kenny Walker all the way up at 102, 103. Twitter has it 53% in favor of the Bateman side. The other trade, sent in by Crazy Chris Eba, this one blew my mind. 12-team, you know, win now Bateman or the 104 plus Gabriel Davis. 55% Rashad Bateman. I I was willing to say that he's in that 108, 109 range. Twitter's basically saying, according to both these trades, he's the equivalent of like the 103. And that... That feels like we're overpaying now.
2: Yeah, I, I think that Mong may actually um, disagree with, with me on this. Um, I actually would slightly prefer Kenneth Walker because of running back scarcity and young running backs. Um, I, I, I personally think he, he will succeed.
0: Oh, no, but I mean, the question Uh, here is like, we're talking Bateman. We're overpaying for Bateman. Bateman is like 103, right? And I'm like, Yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. If you had the
0: choice of of any of these big time wide receivers here, I mean, I debated it on the Mm -hmm. clock. I finally made a pick, guys. At 107, I took Jamison Williams, but a guy made me an offer of Bateman for that pick. And I was like, Mung will yell at me for the next three years when Jamison Williams blows up. But I mean, I debated it. I said, I'd do it Mm -hmm. for 108, but I won't do it for 107. What do you think, Ma?
1: Yeah, it just comes down to I think Bateman's a good wide receiver. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity with Marquise Brown gone. Um, but this is kind of why I'm a little bit lower than consensus on Mark Andrews as well. Right. Everyone saw this high flying Ravens offense that I don't think we're going to see again in 2022. Uh, that was really a combination okay. of the injuries to the offensive line as well as injuries to the defense, where the Ravens found themselves in these shootouts where they were passing, you know, 40 times a game. And that's just not the Ravens' offense as we know it. We're used to seeing that ground and pound approach where J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards could both see 15 carries a game. Right where it's a 21 to 14 type of score at the end of the day, and yeah, I think dude. that's what it's going back to once this team is healthy this year. And so I think the ceiling is capped for Bateman. I think he can be a decent wide receiver too for fantasy. But I'm not seeing the kind of lead upside where I would pay a top three, top four rookie pick for him. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I do think. And, I do yeah. think.
0: I'm bullish on Baltimore throwing more. You know, Clay has them projected at almost 500 passing attempts. So I feel like they might go a little bit more in that area. You know, but the truth be told, it's probably somewhere in between. You're a little bit lower. I'm a little bit higher. It's probably somewhere in the middle there. Bateman is a nice buy where, again, if I can get, you know, give up Deontay Johnson to move back to Bateman, you know, or or some of those kind of moves, I'm excited about that to add that 23 capital. Um, Mm -hmm. John, Hit me up with your guy. I mean, one of your guys was listed in the smash. Except, who is your breakout guy here? I know, I know, one of them you have it as Alan Robinson, who's a real bounce back kind of category. But who is your yeah. breakout? I mean, who's that guy that, like we said, we're trying to get in that insulated trade because he is going to boom this year.
2: Yeah, for me, it's it's really Darnell Mooney, and I, I just think that the community still just can't seem to view this guy as a wide receiver. One in an offense the reality is he is he is the wide receiver one in chicago i know Mm -hmm. that there's challenges there there's no debate but 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 look nagy has gone right they like the issues that were plaguing chicago last year were largely that coaching staff and i I mean they were clueless and sorry mong i know you're you're just right down the road there but it's like even the chicago bears fans could all agree do they have it all figured out no is Justin Fields going to take another step this year? I absolutely think he will. Darnell Mooney is going to be the guy. They're going to have to throw the ball, too. I get that they may have a kind of a slower-paced offense. They're going to run the ball. But, you know, yes, you got Cole Komet, you got a couple other interesting weapons. But to me, the guy that's really going to help them move the ball is going to be Darnell Mooney. So, certainly, he's got the talent. We've already seen it on display. I really like this as a, as a breakout for him. Yeah. So I mean, yeah.
0: even I mean, 2021, 81 receptions, a thousand yards, four touchdowns. Know, that touchdown so number could definitely go up. We did see Justin Fields over the final four games kind of bounce back. But again, John, I'm going to pose the question to you: yeah. Even if it's 112, would you trade 112 for Mooney? You know, 112 I, I, next year.
2: And I and I still wouldn't. Um, and because frankly, there's, the, yeah,
0: there's the, those 23 first in the years past. Mm-hmm. Last year, I would have given up my 22 second to get Keenan Allen. I would have given up my 22 second to get, you yeah. know, DeAndre Hopkins. This year, I don't know if people are going to give up that 23 first unless you go up a notch from Mooney, up a notch from Bateman. You know, they yeah, would probably do it for London, it, right? Exactly. Yeah. You're going to have to get creative if you want to do that because don't just sit there with that 23 first thinking. You know what? I'm going to be able to buy whoever I want at, at that stage. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. You know, so. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be back and forth on that. His ADP though, Dad. I mean, it, he's you could get him for
2: like flex value. I think yeah. that some people are coming around. And he's the on prototypical
0: him, but... guy on my yeah. team. Where if I have him as my wide receiver three, I'm happy. I don't necessarily yeah, want him. I don't want him on my wide receiver one because that's not how I build my teams. But same. Yeah. With, with Hollywood, if Hollywood's my wide receiver three and he's going to have some boom weeks, he's going to have some some absolute... I mean, he had 33, 26, you know, some of those guys where you mix them in there. My other breakout guy, and it's kind of cheating because I feel like, you know, everybody's on this, but it's it's Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. is a lock for a wide receiver one, in my opinion, this, this coming year. I mean, he's going to be 24 years old. Matt Ryan is arguably the best quarterback that he's had. You know, he absolutely... Balled out last year. I think Michael Pittman is on the fast track. I, I know Mung, you're you're on the Pittman train as well. The other guy I wanted to talk about in this situation, and I wanted to kind of you know, is is the whole Denver area. You know, Mike Clay has your boy Cortland Sutton projected at 68, 9.53 and eight, wide receiver 29. Just how high, Mung, do you have Cortland Sutton this year?
1: Yeah, he's the top 15 wide receiver for me uh, in redraft uh, and in Dynasty. Wow. I mm-hmm. I don't know why – I don't even know what to say because I feel Speechless. like everyone everyone was on board with Cortland Sutton uh, two years ago. when yes. It was but, the tail no, end. No, that's
0: the key. Like if it was last year, you know what I mean? Like 2019, dude balled out, right, over 1,000 yards. Then 2020, we had the injury. 2021 was off, and now everybody's like, ah, eh, he's done, which is is foolish, right? Because he's shown what he can do, and, and that's why everybody's off in the in that situation. You know, it's like he's very polarizing right now. You're either way on or you're way off with it. And I I think I think ultimately he falls somewhere in the middle. But Mung, I mean, I'm all for it. You know, you can get you can get Cortland Sutton for maybe a pair of 23 seconds. I don't think you'd even have to give up a really first, chill. and that's what's it's awesome about it.
1: Crazy to me. I I mean. <laughs> last season, right, he was coming off the torn ACL, so maybe the, the recovery was a little slow at the start of the year. But more importantly, he was playing with Teddy Bridgewater, who's a terribly inefficient deep passer. Um, no and doubt. now he gets a, a, an upgrade to Russell Wilson. I, I think that the talent is there with Sutton, and we already have reports from Broncos OTAs that Sutton is looking like the favorite target for Wilson early on. I mean, they okay. got Judy and Patrick and Hamler, obviously. And I don't think that Judy's going to miss a whole lot of time with suspension, if at all. But at the same time, I mean, Judy's been working through an injury, I think, through OTA so far. Yeah. So the early chemistry is with is with Sutton. And I want Russell Wilson's new DK Metcalf. And you can get him for way cheaper than Metcalf.
0: Well, and i mean, calling it- you all
1: crazy out there.
0: It's it's the uh, it's the seven degrees of Drew Locke is what that is because he really in 2019 <laughs> Drew Locke unlocked him there. Now he goes over with DK. No, I'm just kidding. You know I got to talk about a little Drew Lock love. Uh, John, do you have another one in here? Anybody that you're thinking? You know I know you know. Yeah. We, we, there's a lot of guys there. I mean, Mung was also. You know, Russell Gage is is low yeah, key I, a guy that's probably right. going to have 70 receptions and 700 yards. And with the news yeah. about Godwin, I mean that i love that pick is there anybody else here i mean adam mm-hmm. said devonta smith where there has not been a guy having the production of his rookie year where he's fallen off in value a guy that i don't understand where mm-hmm. i bought him yesterday for a 25 first I, I was like i don't even know if i'll be alive in 2025 <laughs> so yeah i'll take that i'll smash that one uh-huh. there's got to be somebody else out there's there John. That's just
2: yeah and i i, I think we we kinda of glossed over it, but A Rob is a guy I like on contenders that's taken the the Bobby Woods role. I think he's gonna just get peppered from Stafford. Finally in a good situation. Yep. He's you know, he's a guy that
0: I think Mooney we forget kind of he's replaced. never had a real quarterback.
2: He's really never. <laughs> I've never never really seen it. So I'm excited about that one. I think a couple others that are coming out of the Patreon right now. Alan Lazard, certainly the opportunity's he got the trust of Rogers. Wow. That one's kind of interesting for fairly cheap. And um, we got the unsung hero award coming out of the Patreon to Tyler Boyd, <laughs> right?
0: Okay. I feel like I feel like we're, uh, sometimes we're going we're, deep here. We're we're kind of going breakout. They're going, eh? Let's get like an unsung hero toss in there. But I mean, you know, John, you you brought up Mooney, and I think everyone's like tight end, you know, darling right now is Cole Komet. Cole yeah, Komet is someone that now. we're, we're mm-hmm. thinking that he is. When 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 he put that poll out there. He's almost unanimous as everybody's, you know, go-to guy there. Um, he's someone that I think has some some breakdown potential. Uh, I know Mung, being in Chicago, and, and John, I know both you guys like Cole Komet. Mung, why don't you go mm-hmm. first, and then we'll, we'll kick it over to John.
1: Yeah, it's really just, it comes down to target volume, right? The Bears' defense is still not going to be great. Um, I, I think Mooney's a fine fantasy wide receiver three. I don't know that he has an elite ceiling, uh, but either way, I, I think most people can agree that the top targets for Chicago are probably going to be Comet and Mooney, right? <laughs> In a division no where mm-hmm. um, you're going against Aaron Rodgers, who's going to throw a ton, even without Devonte Adams. Right. And again, with the Vikings, where you're going to have to keep up with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Irv Smith. So I just think the target volume alone is driving the potential for Komet here, even if the touchdowns may not necessarily be there like like last year.
0: John, I, I want to talk about a yeah. trade that I made because I know okay. this is your breakout guy. I mm-hmm. traded Cole Komet and, and Tyler Higby in a 1.7 tight end premium for Pat Fryer move. Okay. I think yeah, Pat Fryermuth is what we hope Cole Komet can be. I mean, Cole Komet, you're looking at like, the the way Fryermuth. I mean, 54 receptions, 444 yards, seven touchdowns as a rookie. We're not talking about it enough.
2: Yeah, he he's already put up good production. He just is a better overall prospect, in my opinion. He's got kind of all the things you want to see in a in a legit tight end profile, and and so I, I do expect him to take another step. Remember to your point, we don't usually see tight ends um, show that kind of production early on in their careers. Mm-hmm. It usually takes a few years to develop. That's one of the reasons why, you know, I often do play vets in contender teams. But Muth has already started to show it, and and so I, yes, okay, the QB situation, what's going to happen there? But I, I, I really think they're going to look at him a ton in the red zone, and and so. I expect the production to be there. The, the targets going to be there. So, I um, mean, if you imagine if Pickett does end up getting the starts in there, we always talk about mm-hmm. him have, needing a security blanket with a big, big target, especially in the red zone, and that's that's Farm with no question.
0: I've been getting him cheap. Another guy I've been getting cheap, and he's my my breakout candidate is Dawson Knox. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, what about touchdown regression? And regression, yeah. We're, we're looking at a guy who's got, getting drafted outside the top 12, who put up 46, 538, and 9. Last year, and I, I was talking about on the podcast, where he is on the same size and trajectory and draft capital as Mark Andrews. We talked about Mark Andrews before his breakout as just a touchdown-dependent type tight end. you know, And I think... Dawson Knox is going to make that step forward. Honestly, guys, if you give me someone tied to Josh Allen, they're going to be in the red zone a lot. I keep saying this. Josh Allen is not going to run in the red zone as much as he did last year. I don't think that at all. And I think that number one target in the red zone is Dawson Knox. So I would not be shocked if Dawson Knox has a positive touchdown regression. He goes up to – 10, 12 type touchdowns. Say that
2: for the bold takes episode you know, there. Dad. No,
0: we, w- oh, dude, Dawson Knox <laughs> is my, my most okay. owned tight end after Mark Andrews. Okay. I have Mark Andrews everywhere. I have Zach Ertz everywhere. I have, you know, Waller. I've moved off a little bit. Speaking of Waller, when I was digging into this, I mean, if you had to guess how many touchdowns you thought he had last year,
2: hmm.
0: One. Yeah. <laughs> Darren Waller is about to have a giant. Yeah, Kyle back. Pitts is the same thing, you know, by the way. Yeah, One exactly. Well, I loved I saw a tweet today. I, I think it was again Ian Harditz, I love his comments. But he was like, Kyle Pitts only had a touchdown in London last year. So Atlanta drafted Drake London. So London's <laughs> always on the field, so he can get more touchdowns. I just love that. Um, another guy that I love, and I, I I've been getting him thrown in trades heck I even got him in two different leagues off a of waiver Brevin Jordan we talked about him I believe out of Miami and towards the end of the year there for the Texans he really started to come on a little bit I mean not super flashy numbers and limited playing time but he's a fraction of the cost of all these guys someone that I think you can get for a pair of thirds maybe even in a toss and in a deal and I I really like Brevin Jordan this year
2: yeah that was my breakout. Um, we were I didn't mean to steal this. your
0: thunder. We're throwing them all out there.
2: No, no, I. I Brevin Jordan's a great one. Um, I am being cautioned by the Patreon group here to um, keep that on
0: the DL. So shh. I know you know what. <laughs> so you know what stinks about this is I know. So you know I was trying to make some trades in smash three, and I know I know Josh Brown's going to look at this and be like. I know you asked me for all these guys, and I, I honestly, before this pod, went out there and made offers for Pittman, for Bateman, for, for oh, yeah. all of these guys, that's and now they're going listen to listen to it. Our listeners should be doing be like, too,
2: right? That's the point. Is like, it, that's why we're doing this. now. Do
0: it. Go take an offer. Guys, to be a guys. good analyst, you don't keep the secrets for yourself, you know? And right. I, I think right. that's one thing that all three of us do, is we put those takes out there. We're all good dynasty players, but we give you the information that we would do, and I think that's why we created this podcast not to be like you know what I'm going to really hold on to maybe Brevin Jordan or Irv Smith or these are guys that I want to make sure I get in my leagues no we're going to put it out there for you guys
2: Mm -hmm. and that was my other guy was Swervin Irv Um, and and again I really I I like this guy and and he he was such a a fun prospect coming out and it just hasn't quite seen the production he's been sitting behind other tight ends like Kyle Rudolph, etc. But again, I think this offense is going to adjust the way that they've been running it. More modern schemes, and I think that they will utilize their talent. So look look for Herb to to take a step this year as well. And he's super cheap. So I like that one. I, I could see Herb. him finishing in the top 12 um this season.
0: Now, those those are the breakout guys. I got one more bounce back here that we wanted Anthony Ferkser to be a thing last year, right? And the Austin Hooper experiment in Cleveland was a bust, but we have to remember last time, last two years before he left Atlanta, it was a seventy-plus, seven hundred yards, five-six touchdown type of guy. Among you, loved Ferkser last year. Are you in on Hooper at all for
1: twenty twenty-two? Yeah, and he's practically free, right? Like you he said, uh, it's just—I mean, the Browns way overpaid him. We we talked about that when that deal went down but that doesn't mean that the talent isn't there with Hooper. Now, pass volume is another question because we know that the Titans love just handed to Derrick Henry, especially in the red zone, but I do think that he's a fine tight end too, and you can get him for a third-round rookie pick right now. So, yeah, I, I do think that he's a solid option if you just want to go with a cheaper tight end instead of paying three first for Kyle Pitts.
0: Now, let's bring it full circle here because, I mean, John, you're our, our guy when it comes to these 23 class. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's like... Where are you at today? You know, because it's like we keep going through this. And, like, talk to me a little bit about the process of, of getting these yeah. 23 firsts. None of mm-hmm. us were able to accumulate any this week. But, you know, I, I think some of these breakout assessments, and I feel like we move backwards, we're going to be able to, you know, potentially accumulate some of these. And once the point season starts, we yeah. can start playing around with these.
2: Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one in there that's very much related to the tight ends um, that will help, I think, with answer to this question. Michael Mayer again, and yes, we're, we already had fun with the Michael Meyer thing, and this guy is going to be nightmares for opposing defenses. Um, hashtag dad joke there. Here we but, go, hey this This guy, and I mean, of course, Kyle Pitts' side, Kyle Pitts is an anomaly. I, I think that what we'll see is he will be a surefire first-round pick, and probably will end up being the the best profile we've seen on a tight end um, for, for quite a number of years. You look at Hawkinson, Noah Fant, those type of guys. I think that he could surpass that. He balled out, um, even his freshman year and sophomore year at Notre Dame as the primary pass catcher. He's already getting all these compared. Everyone loves to compare these prospects to Gronk. But I mean, again, I had him at ten in a tight end premium league. You could easily make an argument to to, to trap him seventh, eighth overall. So if you think about your tight end situation on your teams. You might be able to get this guy late in a first and he's a better prospect than TJ Hawkinson or Noah fan or anybody from the 22 class, better prospect than farmhouse. It's crazy to think, but he from day one may be like a top eight dynasty tight end prospect. I believe that he will be. So, well, by next yep. year,
0: I mean, you got to look at the ages on there
2: where it's like, you're going to start. I, I think it's safely there, so. in the top eight. And you just, you start breaking down this class kind of has everything that you're looking for. And so, Again, what we talked about is in your startups, look to trade back, and accumulate firsts. And if you snipe somebody, maybe consider flipping that particular player for uh, you know another another asset or a different startup pick, and have a, a package of twenty three firsts in there. We we talked about a lot of rookie drafts that are going on right now. Perfect time, get out of this class, kind of like Dad's been doing, and and pick up twenty three firsts. Like we talked about, maybe the 101 Brees Hall would crack the top five. No one else would. Guys like Kenneth Walker and Drake London, these guys are fantastic. But you might start considering them at picks seven, eight, nine of this class. There might be four or more running backs coming out of this class that I would consider ahead of Kenneth Walker right now. And it's not just me. It's, it's a lot of folks out there. Uh, but But again, be careful not to overpay it's very important as to where these 23 firsts will be in the, in the draft, right? Those top five are absolute, the premium blue chip. If you can get in there, you might even consider slightly overpaying, but definitely size it up. And you know, your scenario, bring over to, to us in, in the DMS, or if you're in the Patreon, let's talk it through, let's size it up. But again, it's just so exciting. We're going to keep talking about it. Um, And I just, so excited for this year i mean thanks to you talking me into this punt i'm, I'm really into it now i'm going to be watching a lot more college Dude, now football I got now smash <laughs> one is great. Is now
0: we talk about know where your first is imagine going from smash one where i was going to be probably like fringe playoff to maybe 101 making my deal you know and it's like that's fun that's why yeah. we talk about being insulated i'm excited for that punt a little bit mm-hmm. um one thing to what you were saying i had Multiple messages this week. Hey, oh, Dad, I have the 101. I'm going to trade it for a 2024 first and, and something else. And if you can move into 2023, sure. 2024 for that 101 and the other question was like 103. Listen, move back from Brees Hall to like 5-6, get Traylon Burks, then move out. You know, like just keep moving your way back if you can accumulate. 2024 firsts are still cheap. It's 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 the play where I think you might even like – You know, late first, I might start thinking about getting a 2024 first plus something. But, uh, you know, I would not be moving off Hall, London, uh, you know, Burks, those kind of guys in that area. Mung, real quick recap on your 23 thoughts to end the pod here. And, uh, yeah, we'll close it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys have covered the great prospects that are coming out next season. So I'll I'll just be the voice of reason. Like you said, where let's not get too crazy, right? I, I saw a question of two 2021 firsts for a 2023 first. And come on, like, you're not trading two mid-firsts this from year. From last year? For, we go oh, back from, in time? From 2022, sorry. <laughs> I'm uh, just messing with you. Yeah, but, you know, I, like you said, too, uh, some of these players where obviously you want the 2023 first, but if you're winning titles with a guy like, Portland Sutton or Michael Pittman. I'm not trading these guys for a random 2023 first. They would have to be a locked in top three pick for me to consider. And only then, you know, if you have the depth to weather that move, because again, we're in, what is it? June? Yeah, we're in June. I lost track of the months there for a second. (laughs) Um, So let's not forget that the entire 2022 season uh, has yet to be played. And if you can win a title in 2022, then don't worry too much about 2023 just yet.
0: You'll win those titles. It pays for the league the next five or six years. So thanks again for tuning in, guys. Check out, you know, DM any of us for the Patreon. Make sure you check out draftkits.co. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process.